Hi, have you ever wondered what it would be like if you had the most dialed in niche that was super specific? Well, today we're talking with Michelle Demetrio on exactly that topic. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Niche Podcast, where we talk about everything related to your niche. It's all about your niche, your mindset, and having a business you love. I'm your host, mental health expert, Veronique Valencourt. Hi, everybody. I hope that this is finding you well. I have a special, special guest today. Her name is Michelle Demetrio. She is a life coach for professional athletes, and she is going to have a conversation with me about all things related to her niche. I'm so excited she's here. We've trained together. We've taken courses together. And today's topic is really about how she found her niche, what she does, and all the tips and tricks she might have. And we're going to have a discussion about that, she and I, when it comes to choosing your niche. So welcome, Michelle. I'm so glad you're here. I'm thrilled to be here, Veronique. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. So just you're going to do a much better job than I am in terms of describing your niche. Tell me exactly what you do. Okay. I work with professional athletes and 99% are male. I'm not opposed to working with women. It just kind of turns out that way. And I help professional athletes create lives that feel as good as they look. Oh, that's so good. And so how did you even, am I, I'm correct. You're like a, you're a life coach that was trained through the life coach school, but how did you pick that niche and what, where did you start working with those kinds of clients? Well, I think like a lot of new coaches and yeah, new coaches, I had a lot of niche drama and I started out in relationship coaching and actually working with women who had been blindsided by divorce because that had happened to me and then working with people that were getting married. And I enjoyed working with the people that were getting married and realized that I really enjoyed working with young people, uh, which was kind of no surprise based on my life. And um, then I was meeting with my small mastermind group and I just said, I want to switch niches. And I had had dinner the night before with the mom um, that I had known since my kids were in high school. And she is the mom of three NBA players. And she said, you know, I, the boys are telling me that you're doing this life coaching. I can't believe you're not working with athletes, you know, professional athletes. There's so many struggles. And we had a great conversation about it that night. I says, ironic, I'm meeting with my mastermind group tomorrow and I'm switching my niche. And you're about the fifth person that's told me I need to be working with professional athletes. So fast forward in this mastermind, we committed that we would commit to a niche and we would do it for a year, no matter what. And that was the best thing that had ever happened to me. And I'd only probably been coaching for about six months then. So it was perfect timing. And um, yeah, I committed to that. And it's like, I woke up the next morning, the weight of the world was off my shoulders and I've been married to this ever since. And I absolutely love it. Oh, that's so amazing. And so like, it really just sort of fell into your lap or sort of the stars aligned in a way. But if we look back to when you were struggling with the niche drama, did you have any clues that that was, I'm really curious, like, were there clues that that would maybe what you were going to be doing down the road? Like, would, was there any indications that those were your people before it even came to light? 
Yes, lots of pulls. Um, I have three boys and it, that's a fascinating story in itself, but they're all 16 months apart. And so I had always had a house full of boys and always had guys that came and talked to me and told me a lot of confidential things. So not my boys necessarily, <laughs> other boys, but uh, anyway, so out of that group and out of my son's friends, I ended up knowing more than a few guys that became professional athletes and, you know, stayed in touch with them and still friendly and talk with them regularly. And it was just, it, it was that. And there was people that knew that I had these relationships and were like, why aren't you coaching those guys? Those guys always come to you. And none of my friends are my clients. I'll, let me preface that. But, you know, it was just like always coming to me and, you know, my son's friends stayed in touch with me. And so I had those pulls and those tugs and it was just like, that felt like a natural. And I think my resistance came in that whenever I was out with my friends that were athletes, they were always being asked, you know, like, can I have a selfie? Can I have an autograph? Can I have something? And I had kind of become a mama bear in that realm. It was like, I didn't want, you know, kind of very protective when that happened to them. And I didn't want to be another person that was asking of athletes. And then I came to the conclusion that I'm serving them. I'm not asking. They're making an investment in themselves. You know, I'm not taking from them. I'm giving to them and they're investing in themselves. So once I was able to reframe it that way and realize that I wasn't just another ask, um, that was that was the turning point. Oh, that's just such an incredible story. And so I'm curious, like, how did you... How do you market? I mean, it, you have a really particular specific niche and it sounds like it's always sort of been there in a way mm -hmm. without you even knowing it. Like you were, you were coaching athletes and young men way before you even decided to become a coach, mm -hmm. but, but how do you, like, what's your, what's your strategy or how do you market? Like, do you even market or is your, I would imagine maybe it's a lot of word of mouth. Like it's probably pretty interesting thing. Yeah, it's a fascinating thing. And I'm in the midst of redoing my website, which should be up by the end of this month, because just after COVID and everything, um, everything changed. I said, I knew I loved sports, but I didn't know how much I loved sports and talk. <laughs> there was no sports on TV, or I wasn't going to games. And I don't coach my athletes on their sports. I coach them on their lives. But yes, my marketing, I would say is a lot by word of mouth. And it's, you know, I was just going over redoing this website. I was just going over my testimonials and it was, you know, like, oh, she's my secret weapon. She's on my side. Um, I can't imagine not having her on these, my team. And it's all these kind of sports analogies that I didn't necessarily come up with, but um, that's very much the way it feels. And I've been fortunate enough to be in contact with the NBA, for example, and them telling me what they need. And Adam Silver, a couple of years ago, put a process in place where they had to have mental health professionals on uh, staff of teams, or at least recommendations. That's true for most teams now. And what I find is a lot of guys not for fault of the team or the NBA or NFL or any other organization. Um, they simply kind of have trust and confidentialities around going to the person that the team has, and they enjoy finding their own person. And ironically, a lot of them, well, all of them have told me they like having a female coach simply because they're not going to be as vulnerable or exposed as they might be with a man, you know, with a woman, with, um, is, yeah, yeah. A male well, you had said, you know, I'm sort of like the mama bear. I, and I remember when you and I first became friends, I was asking you about your niche a while back and you were like, yeah, it's like 
I'm forgetting the name of the movie, but it's like Reese Witherspoon in that movie. That's kind of what I am. I'm kind of. It's like uh, you're thinking of the blind side. Yeah. 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 Sandra Bullock. And that's ironically my story with my, my youngest son. So it's like, except my story's a lot better. Yeah. So it is, it's, I, a lot of people say that about me and it is really, it is really true. It's I have a great blindside story. And then um, that on top of it, it, I do kind of feel that way. So that would have been a clue too. If you think about it, you have this great, again, not great with always with actors so and actresses, oh, well, but the Sandra same. Bullock story of you know, that where she stars in the blind side, but like even that would be a clue in terms of your niche. Like that goes even further back. Like you're yeah. like, um, so you're, you really, you're there and you said something else that was really interesting. I coached them on their lives. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Tell me what, the, what specifically you, you help them and support them in. Cause it sounds like it, they have just a really unique set of challenges, right? Yes. Um, well, you know, everybody thinks that, you know, the top 1% in their field in the world and they've got it made, they're making millions. What could possibly be wrong in their lives? They look gra- glamorous, fabulous. They're in their twenties. They're rocking and rolling. You know, how bad can it be? Obviously, you know, we're, we're all human as we were talking about. We're all human. We all have human brains. We all have, you know, the 50, 50 of positive and negative. That's so, so fascinating. So interesting. And so just hearing you talk about it, I can tell you like light up. You're like, this is, (laughs) this is my thing. (laughs) I love it. That's also a really good indicator when we're talking about niche, it's something that lights you up. So probably when you did make that decision, it was, it sounds like it was just like the stars aligned or like the puzzle pieces came together. You're like, Mm -hmm. of course, of course, this is what I would do. So you know, you were able to, in some ways, it wasn't that you created a niche. It was that you were able to uncover what your niche was. And it feels totally like my purpose in life, almost other than being a mom, it really feels like my total purpose in life. And it's like, I love my guys. I just, and when I say I talk about their lives, we do a lot of future self work, you know, um, designing the man they want to be because they have their identity is so linked to wearing a uniform, being a part of a team, a bigger you know, there's a bigger mission, winning a series, winning a, you know, championship and, you know, who are they outside of that? And they've been, you know, they've probably been pegged as a great athlete very early in their careers, you know, early ages. And so they've always, you know, their schedule has always been decided for them, like be, be in study hall here, eat here, train here, be on the bus there, the plane there. So scheduling outside of their sport, you know, designing the man they want to be. A lot of them didn't have examples, don't have examples of, you know, like the father, the husband, the person that they want to be. And um, I would say confidence is huge. And, you know, I would say imposter syndrome and confidence. Yeah. Self-identity and future self-work are really what we work in relationships. Yeah. Kind of sums it all up. Yeah. That's just incredible. Okay. So if you had... And this is why I started this podcast, because I, I love picking other coaches' brains who have really specific dialed-in niches about what their advice would be for life coaches starting out who are trying to select a niche. Um, and we talked a little bit about that in terms of it looks like you did a, invert, inadvertently, like it was a more of an un if we really look at it, hindsight's 2020, it was almost more of a, like an uncovering, like 
in hindsight, you're like, oh, of course, that's what I would do. That's what I've always done. That's always the person I've been. Of course, I would serve these people. What other advice would you have for someone starting out who's struggling in niche drama? And, you know, maybe we can talk about niche drama too a little bit, but like, what advice would you have? Well, I think you come out of certification and you like, I'm going to pick a niche that's kind of that was something that was really important to, you know, when I was, I was going through training is like pick a niche, get dialed down, narrow it down. And you kind of feel that, you know, that pressure or you, you, you are feeling that pressure. You have a thought that there's pressure and you want to, you pick your niche immediately. And I think people do and get into that drama of like, it has to be one thing where I think, you know, a great, opportunity for especially coaches starting out is just being a general life coach if they don't have a feel or a pull or a nudge in a certain direction. And I think, you know, exactly what I did, I went into something that had happened to me and I'm going to help other people that went through that. And then it's just, but what really felt aligned was working with these athletes. And I think the best decision I made was when I decided I was going to switch is that and with the, with the um, accountability of this mastermind group is you're going to pick your niche and you're going to stick with it for a year, no matter what. And I like that because as you know, Veronique, we all end up coaching on everything. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't matter what you say you do, you know, uh, you're going to end up coaching on everything. And so, you know, that was great for me. That was just like, then I had to market to athletes. I had to reach out to agents. I had to, you know, put myself out there as this. And then if other things came my way until my practice got full, I filled in the holes with that. And um, I just think, think being a general life coach until you get that, just like, oh, this is it. And when I got the my, this is it, it was just like, oh, hello. You know, <laughs> this is obviously it. This is what you've been doing forever. So just make it official. And I think it's just making it official that, you know, it's kind of feels scary. That felt scary to me anyway. Yeah. Well, and I think what happens when you make, uh, what I've seen with my clients is when you make it official, when you finally commit, you have this expectation that the niche, that the, the brain drama, because maybe it's not the niche drama, but sometimes it is like, but that, that the brain drama is going to stop. And mm -hmm. what I always tell my clients is like, no, no, you're going to have, first you're going to have niche drama. And that's like the first hurdle. Then you're going to have, um, you know, like go out and make an offer drama. Then you're going to have like putting yourself out there in all the different forms you can possibly do it, you know, marketing wise, like the drama just never goes away. And never. never, I know, right? Like, and, and it's it's a that's a fascinating sort of wraparound if you think about it for even like your athletes. Like, you could be at the pinnacle of your success, but your brain still produces drama, and it's the same thing when it comes to your niche. So, tell me a little bit. I would love to find out from you, like, how long did you spend in niche drama, and tips and tricks that you have found. And then I can share some of the stuff that I tell my clients. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. Uh, I think I, I wouldn't say I've ever been out of niche drama fully. I mean, there is, it's unequivocal that this is what I do and that I have, you know, I'm, I, I'm not uncomfortable saying, Oh, what are you? I, I'm a mindset coach for professional athletes. I have no, I, I, I say that with ease. I say it with heart I, and all of it. And I've 
love what I do, but I, you know, I was always like, you know, oh, I'm not doing it well enough, you know, or I could be doing this or, you know, we see coaches that are going into group coaching. Well, I don't believe, you know, my thought is that I'm not going to get a bunch of professional athletes on a group call. So, you know, how do I scale my business? Yeah, it's, it just goes on forever. But I think just na- that narrowing down and just defining it and saying, this is what I do. This is, you know, who I say I am and this, I show up that way. That has been, that's been the most helpful thing. And, you know, the days I wake up and I second guess myself or did I help that person enough or whatever it is, you know, or maybe I, you know, I, I just, I just go back to center and just say, you know, this is who I am. This is what I do and stand by that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's a lot of what I say to, to my clients. When you choose a niche, you're constraining and your brain is going to be both really excited about that, but like the doubts never stop. And I mean, you know, the doubts for me, both as a niche coach, a life coach, and even a therapist, like still continue to stay on the days I have, like, say my therapy clients, I've been doing this for 25 years. I always tell like, you know, I always tell folks, like, I still wake up and I go, who, like, literally, it's not even conscious. Who thought this was a good idea to put me in charge? Like, this is, n- <laughs> and I, and I call that my little chicken little voice. And I go, okay, well, the feedback you get is that you are pretty good at this. I'm going to have to assume that that's the case. And my brain always defaults to that. So, like, what you were talking about is very similar to what I talk to my clients about. It with when they're stuck in niche drama, it's just, you know, niche, your brain is going to always be in drama some of the time. And the more big things you do, like the more the drama is going to show up and the more you just have to be like, let it be like, let it be like an annoying, you know, elevator music while you're on hold on the telephone. You know, it's just, you're just like, okay, it's just going to be there. Mm-hmm. And I get to decide how much attention I want to focus and put on it doesn't mean you have to ignore it, but you also don't have to believe it. And I mean, I have no doubt in talking with you, Michelle, and we've talked, you know, many times before in various masterminds and stuff, like you totally are helping these athletes. I mean, you are a very special resource for them. And I think once you can start seeing yourself as what you're charging, what you're doing is not, um, you know, like, oh, per session or per you know, like, oh, this is my per session price, or this is going into that drama and so forth. And you just realize this is, this is the investment you're making in yourself as the athlete. This is an investment. You spend a lot of money on a lot of things. You know, how much do you invest in yourself? And this is an amazing investment in themselves. And what I love doing is getting a client that has just walked the stage or, you know, signed it in the draft or signed a contract. That's my favorite place to get them because life is that's when they finally reached their dream. You know, they thought about this for years and it's like life will throw you a curveball every single time. I mean, all of us get curveballs and it's, um, you know, if they can get some of this work under their belts before that happens in their career. And for example, cause they're just starting out, that's, that's a great time for me to start working with them. I have to work with them before, but you know, if they're getting released, they're getting traded. They it's all kinds of drama. And not getting enough playing time. The coach doesn't like me. You know, all sorts of things. It's the moving target, right? It's what I refer to in my practice as the happily ever after fallacy. The idea that like 
once I get to this point, then I will be happy. Once I get to this point, then I will be happy for your athletes. Certainly they go through that. And then it's kind of like, they're like, wait, I have all the things and I'm still not happy. And Mm -hmm. you know, the, the funny part is when you think about as being a life coach, I think there's a lot of us that think, oh, once once I get my niche dial, then I'll be happy. Or once exactly. I make the first hundred K, then I'll be happy. Or once I make X amount of money or half a million or a million or 10 or whatever, like then I will be happy. And like, that's a total fallacy. We can spend our whole lives chasing sort of, you know, chasing after that dragon for lack, lack of a better way of putting it. It's sort of this, this idea that we're going to escape unhappiness and brain drama, which we're not. And that's never, never, never. Just just for myself, I'm making sure I get coached a lot. So, (laughs) yeah. And so like, it's so fun because you get to do that work with these athletes and teach them about, listen, there's always going to be brain garbage coming up and you get to, you get to create, you know, the life you want to have. And because I think sometimes it's easy to assume that people, in the position that your athletes are in, like have everything that they're supposed to have and they should be happy 24 seven. And that must also add to their experience of, you know, well, I should be happy. Why am I not? Why am I not? Why am I not? And so you get to coach on that stuff too. What are some of the other, just really quickly as we wrap up, what are some Mm -hmm. of the other topics uh, that you end up coaching on a lot or what are the themes you see? It's, it's really consistent. I mean, it's, and it's, like when I'm a guy is calling me up for a consult and I say, well, are you, you know, you know, asking them what going to explaining the program and asking them, oh, or do you ever experience this? Do you ever experience that? They look at me like deer in the headlights, like, oh my gosh, does she Google me? Has she, does she know something? And I'm like, I never Google them. I never do any of that. I just want to meet them as they are. But really the themes are so consistent. It's confidence, lack of identity and insecurity the others, again, a future self for those that just didn't have examples of who they, who they want to be it's scheduling those. And then relationships, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of relationships. Cause these guys are on the road a lot. No one's ever telling them. No, uh, mm-hmm. they may have never had an example of doing it the way they want to do it or believe that they should. So, and then it's another big thing is, you know, when they're on the road and it's after a game, you know, calling their girlfriend or their mom or grandma, who, whatever it is. And it's so great that if, if they'll take the time to call me first, just that 15, if, especially if it's been a bad game, just call me. Like we can talk quickly for 10 minutes and dump on me so that while you're on that road trip, you can get in touch with, you know, your, the, your loved ones and have great conversations and rather than dumping on them. So yeah, it's kind of that. They are so lucky to have you. I just, and I think, (laughs) no, and I think that's part of the mindset also with choosing a niche that really fits for you. And then thinking about it as an act of service, you're really helping them. You're, you're improving their lives. And so then like, it becomes a no brainer because you're providing them with much needed mental relief for lack of a better way of doing that, which is you know, different than what they're probably their coach for sure. What their coach therapist does like, and that's where that's to me where the beauty of life coaching comes in. It's real. um, It's a different set of tools. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just have 
so appreciate you being on this call with me today. I feel like it's going to be so great for my listeners. I love the conversations we had. Where can people find you? You know, who knows? Like you, you know, in case they want to find out more about what you do. Okay. Um, my website is michelledemetriocoaching.com. And can you spell both? Because you have a unique spelling I of do. Michelle. Have, and Yes, it's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E and Demetrio as D-E-M-E-T-R-I-O-U. At just .com. Yes. And then uh, Instagram handle, is it the same it's thing? Michelle Demetrio Coaching. Okay. So yeah. you can catch her both of those places. And um, I just really want to thank you for your time and like, look forward to talking with you again soon. Oh, me too, Veronique. Thank you so much for taking the time to have me on. I really appreciate it and enjoyed it. If you enjoyed this podcast and enjoyed listening to Michelle Dimitriou speak, you can find her at Michelle Dimitriou Coaching on Instagram or at her website by the same name, michelledemetriou.com. If you're interested in finding out about niche coaching, come check out my course, Dial Your Niche in Five Hours. Details are below. Have a great day, everybody. I'll see you next week.